This week, I'm talking to Rick Oster of Oster Golf Houses. Rick's been on the show before, and I wanted to have him back and cover some more of the ideas behind the niche. This week's book is called Subliminal Persuasion, Influence and Marketing Secrets They Don't Want You to Know. This is a great book, and I can't wait to tell you about it. And then finally, we're going to talk to, or Mike's going to talk to you about his favorite resource, which is live chat. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information, and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. It's great to be back with you. This week, I'm going to kick off with what I'm calling the Finding Your Niche series. I talk to so many people who are having huge success with a particular niche, whether it's being pet friendly or whether it's accessible or whether it's with large homes that accommodate groups, or whether it's tiny homes. The more I see these really successful owners and hosts who are just driving their success through one set of guests, you know, a set of guests that want something in particular, the more I'm thinking that this this is one of the keys to a really great book direct strategy. So today I'm talking to Rick Oster of Oster Golf Homes, and he's actually built from scratch his homes on golf courses on the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail in Alabama. And a really interesting conversation with Rick as he goes through the process of, of building these properties. Now, you don't have to go out and build something from scratch in order to get into a niche. So don't switch off now because you're thinking, oh, yeah, I don't need to build anything. But the whole idea behind how he finds the right locations and how he's got into this niche and how he's developed his properties to suit the people that are going to come to him is incredibly interesting. Later on in this series, you're going to hear from Andy Reynolds, who has an accessible home in Cyprus. And that was built specifically with people with um, accessible needs in mind. I'm also talking to Tyann Marsink. You hear Tyann quite a lot on this podcast. She, she has properties in Branson, Missouri that are large. They accommodate 30 odd people. No, not 30 odd people. Well, maybe they are, but 30, 30, around 30 people. Her newest property, which is a 10 bedroom, 10 and a half bathroom property. So she'll be talking later in the series about accommodating large groups and why she's building such a large property. And as she says in that episode, the size of the property is only limited by the budget because some of the groups that come into Branson are between 60 and 100 people. Can't imagine hosting 100 people in a vacation home. But uh, but anyway, so we're going to hear from 
Tyanne about that. And then also we'll be talking to Michelle Boyle, who's talking about her tiny houses. One of them is 48 square feet. Yes. And she's renting that on Airbnb incredibly successfully. So you're going to love this series. I've loved putting it together. And and really, we're just going to keep going on with it because when you are servicing a niche group, you need to get out beyond the OTAs. So we'll be learning how all these remarkable people have done that. So without further ado, let's move on and talk to Rick Oster of Oster Golf Houses. So I'm delighted to have with me today again, actually, because Rick has been on the podcast before, but I'm always enjoying his company. So welcome, Rick Oster, uh, back to the show. Thank you, Heather. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you and share ideas and brainstorm and tell stories. So I'm looking forward to it. It is always my huge pleasure to do this with you, Rick. So we're going to talk today about Oster Golf Houses, and which is your niche. You've, you've built houses Absolutely. specifically for a particular market. Could you just tell us uh, you know about that about that niche i'm assuming that you're a golfer i am i started uh, as a child actually playing golf and played competitively in high school and college and then i gave it up for a long time but uh just played casually and actually entertained clients as a business executive we would bring our clients to a beautiful resort in oregon called bandon dunes golf resort and on the company dime, they would rent us nice cottages to stay in. And the cost was $1,600 per night for four guys to share a, a cottage. And I looked at the landscape and the real estate market locally there in Bandon. And I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but it didn't take me long to figure out that if I, I could build a house twice as big and charge half as much and have a pretty good business. So I took the risk and built my first home and it worked out great. And, uh, that was 2007 and I've been doing it ever since. And how many houses do you have now? I have five and hopefully we'll be starting construction on my sixth within the next two months. Are they, are they all in the, uh, on the same golf course or, or are you, are they around and about on different, in different areas? I've concentrated them on the Robert Trent Jones golf trail in Alabama and just quick story in, in Oregon, it worked out great for two homes and then they changed their tea time policy, their golf reservations policy so that if you did not stay on the resort property, they made it more difficult for you to play golf there. And that was a, a, uh, a surprise to me and it kind of chopped me off at the knees, but I knew my concept worked and I was determined to take it to a more friendly location. And I searched around the country, different popular resort areas and the Robert Ch Jones golf trail was happy to have me there. They hope they welcomed me with open arms. They put me on their website and they helped me book my houses. So I've stayed there where I'm, where I'm wanted 
and it's been a great relationship and I continue to build houses on the trail and hope to do that for another few years, add more houses to my portfolio and then I'll probably be done. Um, so, so tell me about this cause I'm curious. You say, you know, you built houses on the Robert Jones Trent golf trail. So is there a lot of land available and is it sort of earmarked for Oster golf houses or, you know, is it, are you in fear of other people coming along and buying that available property? No, the, there's a, a barrier to entry because it's not the case and the land is really hard to find. So I've been fortunate over the years to actually enjoy the pursuit of the land. That's part of what I enjoy about what I do is uh, making contacts and getting to know people in the community and, and just getting my hands on premium properties. So I've been fortunate to find really good locations, very close to the golf clubhouses, but uh, yeah, it makes it difficult for a competitor to come in and get a better location than the ones I already have. So why did you decide to actually build and not retrofit perhaps properties that were already there? Well, I guess it was being part of the niche that I wanted to serve. I, like you said, I'm, I'm a golfer at heart and most golfers travel with their buddies on trips at least once a year. And the typical number of golfers traveling together is eight. So your lodging options are limited. Either you stay in a hotel and you put two guys in each room and you scatter across the hotel property and something as simple as where we're going to play cards tonight presents a problem. Like where do you gather and watch a football game? There's no good way of hanging out together on a hotel property. Then the alternative was, okay, well, let's rent a home. So you look on VRBO and at the time VRBO was brand new, but every single home that we looked at offered a master suite or a master bedroom and then a collection of kids rooms and with bunk beds or Jack and Jill bathrooms or so the guy that planned the trip, he was fortunate to, he'd get the master and, and the other guys got to fight over the, the kids rooms or the sofa. So that didn't work well either. And I just thought if we combined the two concepts, all the amenities of a hotel built into a custom home, that it would be popular. And that's what I did. I sat down with a, a napkin, actually my first sketch and drew the plan put the four master suites in the four corners of the home, big entertainment area in the center with a pool table, screened in porch with great views, stainless steel grill, big flat screen TVs. And just try to think in terms of what would my target customer want in a house. And that's exactly what we built. So you, that was, you got into the heads. That was step. You got into the heads of, of your persona, basically. Yes. And you know what, Heather, I still do that. Even after doing it 12 years, when I drive to visit my houses, I try to think and look at my homes as a guest would. I try to think like a guest and have a critical eye. And I do that consistently every time I visit my houses and make a list of, okay, this needs to be clean. This needs to be tightened up. You know, let's, think of another amenity I can add that's fun. And, you know, I found on eBay the other day, uh, Monopoly games that are specifically for golf. So it's the golf game of Monopoly. So bought that, 
you know, and I provide poker chips and playing cards and just everything I could think of that guys want to do while they're there. I try to provide it. Have you found that their um, their expectations and demands have changed since you start building since since you started building the houses? Yeah, that's a good question. I think overall the industry would say yes. People have become much more sophisticated and demanding, um, and I, it could be happening to my homes as well. But I think because I've been doing this from the from the beginning and providing them with uh, these type of custom amenities, I haven't noticed it as much. But um, it feels good to provide that level of service. I, I enjoy that part of what I do as well, is thinking of those little things that make a big difference. So is, is there any competition? Is there much competition in the space? There's a niche, right. niche market. work for regards. There's a lot more than the there used to be, but no one building from scratch. But, you know, I, and we, they call it purpose-built, where I build the houses specifically for the purpose of guys on a golf trip. But um, I have competitors popping up with large homes that I compete with. But invariably, even though those houses are much larger than mine, mine average 3,200 square feet and they have some 5,000 square foot houses, the guys still prefer mine because of the layout and the amenities that I provide. But it's definitely kept me on my toes, you know, with the explosion of VRBO and Airbnb and the vacation rental industry in general the choices that people have are much more than they used to be. So that also keeps me on my toes and, and keeps me innovating and trying to stay ahead of the competition. What about the golf niche in general? Because you, you hear sometimes that, 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 that some golf courses are beginning layout. to lose their attraction and some have closed down. I, I know the, um, you know, golf course that we used to go to at uh, golf shores has now gone um is is this a is this a wider issue or or just more localized no that's a great question because it's it's a fact i mean the the game of golf is attracting less participants you know less people are beginning to learn the game and taking up the game so it's not a growing sport but i'm not sure of the the years exactly but there was a decade maybe the late 80s to early 90s that there was an explosion in the building of golf courses. So it's, it's more relative. I think, you know, when you see golf courses closing and they say the sport is diminishing, everything's relative. I mean, there's still millions of people that enjoy playing golf. And, you know, my niche is also, it's very heavily male. It's not exclusively male, but it's heavily male. And it's a little older, say, you know, 35 to 65. And as you know, the baby boomers are right at the end of that age group and they have a lot of disposable income. So, you know, I'm happy. I think I can ride this wave until my youngest one is in college and, and <laughs> then I don't care what happens to the golf industry. <laughs> where, um, so, so you're talking about this, you know, this age group of these, of, of these guests. Where, where do they come from? How are they finding you? How are they finding um, Oster Golf Houses? Well, my background is in advertising, and I spent 20 years in television advertising and communications. So I try to apply that and, and reach people in a variety of different ways. But, uh, you know, I've, the devil you know is, is the OTAs, and so they're still a, a decent percentage of my business, but it's getting 
smaller and smaller every year. So that's number one is I do list on VRBO and Airbnb and a few others. And I've been committed to develop, developing my own website and getting people to book direct. So I spend most of my marketing money promoting my website and directing people there. I've done some television commercials. I do cost per click and I have a big emailing list of former guests that I communicate with. So I, again, I try to get creative with different ways. I'm also grateful that the Robert Trent Jones golf trail, it's rtjgolf.com, uh, lists me under lodging. And again, I'm just lucky that they decided to list the lodging by proximity to the golf house. I mean the golf clubhouse. So I am listed first under lodging in every destination that I have home. So that's definitely valuable, but the large majority of my business comes straight through the ostergolfhouses.com website. Oh, that's always good to hear, you know, particularly as we go into an, another season of, 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 of book direct um, promotions. Yeah. So that, that, that's great to hear. Um, Rick, if you were to advise somebody else who is thinking about building a property, so not, not buying something that's already there and retrofitting it for, for a particular market, but actually building to suit a particular niche, what would you advise them to do? Well, yeah, that's, let's talk a little bit about the development process because I come from a family of real estate developers and I, I had a, I was very comfortable in that world. But as you know, Heather, it's, uh, it's complicated and it's not for the faint of heart. However, I think it's, I love it and I think it's a, a great, very profitable, lucrative way to approach a vacation rental business. So in searching for land, I've had to uh, find land very close to the golf course or clubhouses. And a lot of it was not previously developed. So I had to learn about running utilities to raw land and engineering and just building driveways and, you know, the access to the homes themselves, just getting back to the houses. And so there's a lot involved in situations like that, but you may be fortunate to just find a, a lot that's got all of that prepared and it's ready to build. At that point, I would spend a lot of time planning and putting myself in the mind of, in the shoes of my potential guests and just talk to as many of those customers as you can. Ask them what they would do if they were building a home specifically for the purpose get with a good designer. You don't need an architect these days and you can go on websites like house and just build a, a what do they call it? Heather, an idea book mm -hmm. and just look at hundreds or thousands of photographs. I'm very visual and just say, Ooh, I like that. I like that. Just drag it into your idea book and just let it all percolate in your brain. And all of a sudden you'll have a vision for what you want to build. And you know, they have designers now that'll charge maybe $3,000 to draw a home for you that's ready to build. So that part is not that expensive. And then where do you go from there? What about um, choosing a contractor? Is it is it sort of the standard, I'm going to build my house, I just find a local contractor? Or or do you enter into a different sort of relationship with, with, with the contractor who's going to build exactly what you want? Now, at that point, once you design the home, excuse me, the home, it's not that different from a single family home, at least 
even if you do it the way I do it. It's just, you know, it's four bedrooms. It's more bathrooms. I put a bathroom connected to each bedroom, but it's standard. So any contractor, that won't phase them at all. And it's a matter of finding someone that you trust with good reviews, good referrals that you can call and really investigate that because, you know, there's a reason the construction industry has a bad reputation. It's deserved. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's hard to find a trustworthy um, contractor who's going to stand behind his work. And again, I'm, you know, it's been trial and error a little bit in the beginning, but I have somebody that I can call anytime, day or night. And he's there for me and, and we have a great working relationship. And that's half the battle. So what about, um, so, so construction aside, what about um, furniture, furnishings, fittings? What sort of advice would you give on on those? Because these these are these are, this is, these are not residential properties. It's properties that's going to be used for the short term rental traffic, which is a little bit um, which you need something a bit more robust, perhaps than you would um, put in a residential home. Yeah, that's a big project. <laughs> As you know, anyone that owns a vacation rental who already has one understands that, you know, everything you have in your personal residence, you have to buy for your guests. I mean, almost everything as far as supplying and stocking the kitchen, all the furniture, the furnishings, the linen, and it is a job. Um, I have an Excel sheet now that has every single thing that I need to buy for the home on it. And, you know, it's funny, Heather, the very first time I went to furnish one of these houses that has four master suites with eight queen size beds, I walked into a furniture store and introduced myself and said, yeah, I'm looking for eight beds and four nightstands and sofa, you know, three sofas. And oh my goodness, the salesperson's eyes were just lit up, made her day. But uh, now I have it down kind of to a science and, and I know exactly how much money it's going to take and, and what I want to buy. And again, like to your point in the beginning, I didn't buy the real leather uh, couches and I, I cheaped out a little bit and I paid the price because in a matter of a few years, they were you know beat up to the point where I needed to replace them. So mm-hmm. yes, I have, you know, I invest in a little higher quality that'll last a little longer and stand up to, to a little bit of abuse. Yeah, it was interesting. I went to see a, a property recently and uh, t- to go on to the short-term rental market with our company. And the uh, the owner said, you know, we, we've, we've got this beautiful um, wooden uh, countertop that uh, that was you know, custom-built for us. Um, but the only thing is, is that you shouldn't get it wet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, how, how do you do that? With, Good luck with that. With, absolutely, with rental guests. I'm sorry, you know, you've got to be very careful when you're taking your dishes out of the uh, dishwasher that you don't put them down on the countertop and get the countertop wet. Um, unfortunately, we had to turn the property down because of that, because we, we couldn't guarantee that. And the, they have, the, would you believe, the same countertop in the bathrooms. But they're glutton for punishment if they yes. want renters in there. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. That's going to last. Yeah, we had to say that, the, you know, this this won't, rentals won't work because 
we cannot, uh, you know, we, we cannot tell you that people are not going to put their wet washcloth on your countertop. In fact, you can tell them that they definitely will. <laughs> they absolutely will. Yes. They so, will. so, so that is a difference. And I think huge bonus benefit of, um, of being able to build a property for, you know, purpose build for that particular uh, niche. Is there anything, is there anything that you've done over the years that you wouldn't have done in the first place and that you're now doing in the fifth, you know, so, something different that you've learned along the way? Well, un- unfortunately, I'm a slow learner. It took me a while to figure out that I should not put carpet in the bedroom because, you know, the, the red wine, the stains that spill, I'm just putting hard- hardwood floors now in all the bedrooms. But right. that took a while for me. You know, it had to go through the pain of carpeting that's two years old that needed to be replaced because of all the, the stains and you know, I'm, I'm hypercritical on my houses. I want them to look as good five years down the road as they do the day I build them. And that costs a lot of money keeping them looking that good. But to me, you know, my nightmare would be for someone in a review to say, oh, the, the carpet's kind of dated or stained or funky. And so, you know, it's just part of the deal. It, it, does take a lot of money to replace towels frequently. You know, these items that people go through and what I find with the golfers too, their towels disappear and I'm sure they're cleaning their golf shoes, you know, (laughs) using my white towel to clean their golf shoes or clean their golf clubs or, you know, like all of a sudden these towels are rags. But that's part of the budgeting process that I learned too, that you've got to budget annually for replacing these things. And it's, you know, it adds up, but if you're, if you're pulling, pulling in enough money through the rental mm-hmm. side of things, then you can afford to do that. But, uh, yeah, you should be aware of that when you enter the business that, you know, things that don't need to be replaced in your personal residence will need to be replaced more frequently, much more frequently in a rental. And I guess this goes for, for absolutely everything. I can't imagine there's anything that, that, you don't look at with different eyes when you're um, purpose building. No, you're right. It, um, you have to think that way and spot those things like you said with the wooden countertop. You know, that's, you get to the point where you say, no, absolutely not. And yeah, I've got to have, like, you know, if you look on house or what was popular has been popular for years now is Carrera marble, white Carrera marble. And I put that in one of my first houses and I'm not kidding. Within three months, it looked horrible because marble is porous. I don't care what kind of sealer you put on it. It absorbs moisture. Mm-hmm. So just a, a ring from a glass, you know, a glass of water even will leave a ring. will leave a mark on the marble. So no more marble, but things like that, that, you know, may look beautiful in your home and you may train your family not to stain it or not to put things on it. Use a coaster. That's not going to happen with your, with your rental gas. Now this, this, this has been really enlightening, um, Rick. Um, you know, I, I built my house or no, I did not build my house. Somebody built my house for me. But moved into a brand new house last uh, last fall, 
and and we had purpose built it to include an apartment underneath but yes I, I i remember doing that and thinking oh no i've got to do it this way and not that way because this is not for my use this i've got to think all the time it's like the doors that people come in to you know should it be right. just the ordinary if, if it was just my basement i just have ordinary sliding doors but of course those doors are going to be the entrance to the property so people all come right. down from outside and come in so that that was Can't a big that. one I'm glad you brought that up because that is a big one and I've done it without realizing it over the years. And it is learning from mistakes or or just learning as you go about the things that get broken or get damaged. And I don't want to insinuate that my guests are are rowdy and and damage my houses consistently because they don't. And that's been a pleasant surprise over the years that they're very well behaved and they take care of my house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> talking about like their children. But really, if I told you, okay, I build houses and 90% of the time it's eight guys without their wives or family on a trip, drinking heavily, I'm sure, you can just imagine what my houses would look like. You're mm-hmm. thinking animal house. In 12 years of doing this, I think I held back money three times. So that's incredible. But like you said, over the years, you figure out what's going to hold up and, and what's not and what's smart to put in and what's not. And you do, I try to, you know, ride that fine line between something that's inexpensive, but something that's quality because you end up paying the price if, if you buy something that's too inexpensive and it mm-hmm. sound, sounds great, but it's not going to last. Well, that's perfect. That's a, you know, it's a lot of really good information and tips for anybody who's thinking about about doing this. And we hear a lot about people buying a piece of property and then saying, "Okay, what do I put on it?" Um, so, so finally, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you um, do you just build a property and and then look for the niche? Or <laughs> I think I know <laughs> the answer to this one. You've got to know who your guests are going to be before you start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, otherwise you've wasted, you know, the, the time of, of planning and building because then it wouldn't be purpose built. It would just be, you know, retrofitting a home. Yeah. Uh, I think I was also uh, fortunate that my guests in my mind were easy to target. They were easy to profile. And, you know, for instance, if, if you just have a, a beach house and you say, okay, I want families it's a lot harder to, to narrow that down. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you can, some people do a fantastic job of that by providing special amenities. But, um, like I always say, Heather, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed and I like to stack the, the deck in my favor. For me, this one was a no brainer. I knew this niche and I am my own target customer. So that made it a lot easier for me to, to think of all the things that would make me happy if I were staying in a home. That that is a great point, you know. It, it's it's knowing knowing your niche inside and out because you're in it, right? And I think that would be my first piece of advice. If you're looking to choose a niche, choose something that you're passionate about. Choose something that you love that you know very well. That would be the easiest way to guarantee success. And that I think is um, is fantastic spot to uh, to end on today and I think uh, you know you, you've been super helpful it actually excited me about 
um, about this this whole business of of now I've done a build, I could do one again. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you can. <laughs> Rick, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, as ever. It's it's oh, always thanks, an absolute Heather. delight. Um, I always enjoy it. Are you coming to VRMA? Absolutely. October? Yes, I am. All right. Great. Well, yes. good. It'd be good to see your smiling face in person again. <laughs> I will look forward to that, Rick. I always love talking to Rick Oster, uh, he's he's just got so much information to share. He knows he knows his business inside and out, and he knows his niche. Think about it. Do you have a niche? Are you currently thinking about going into this business? Maybe thinking about building something, or thinking about something to retrofit? And it really all comes down to knowing who your persona is. Who do you want to come to your property? Uh, you can contact Rick if you've got any questions. I will put his information on the show notes. Just go over there and take a look. So next, it's my book of the week. And yeah, I am sticking to my plan. It's it's tough, you know, <laughs> to read a book every single week. The ones I'm actually, I'm cheating a little bit because the ones I'm covering at the moment are ones I've already read. And I'm just going back and uh, picking up on some of the great information in there. And this week's is a book called Subliminal Persuasion, Influence and Marketing Secrets They Don't Want You to Know by Dave Lacani. I was a psychologist for a number of years, way, way back, and a hypnotherapist and a counsellor, and did some dabbling in things like neurolinguistic programming and some other communication techniques. So I understand a fair amount of this, but David Carney makes it very simple to understand how you can use subliminal messaging to encourage your guests to book your property. You know, it's about the language that you use, the language you use when you email them in response to an inquiry, the language you use to write your listing in itself. And quite, I, I just think it's, it's a fascinating subject. And in fact, the research in subliminal messaging is nothing short of mind-blowing in potential. You know, there's been more research done in this topic in the last decade than there has been done in the previous 50 years. So, you know, if you're interested in this, read the book and then take a little bit of time to, you know, research it a little bit further. Lacani says that subliminal persuasion is the experience you have when you aren't completely aware of everyone popping $20 bills into the collection basket. You know, you're just going to put in 10, but you find yourself digging in your wallet for another 10 and you're not quite sure why. And then you just pop that in the basket. That is that, I think that's a really good example of subliminal persuasion. They use this in advertising and sort of pop up very quickly a picture of something that you know, barely surfaces in your conscious mind. And then after you've watched, you just get this sudden urge to go and buy some ice cream or, you know, go onto Amazon and look for a particular product. 
So once you've read this book, you're going to be looking for these sorts of messages. So the book actually walks you through how to leverage emotions and beliefs and desires of your audience. Your audience, of course, being your potential guests, the ones that you hope to persuade. Hopefully it will lead them to take the actions you want them to take, which is to book your place. So as you go through the book, Lakani sort of encourages you to take all the ideas and then write them out. Uh, you know, how you could use them p- to persuade your audience. So it's a book for anyone interested in really leveraging your book direct strategy. It is about advanced communication, um, but it will help you in your marketing efforts and help you create a persuasive message. So that is Subliminal Persuasion by Dave Lacani. Influence and Marketing Secrets, they don't want you to know. And you can find that on Amazon, of course. You just need to go to the show notes and you can find the link there. So finally, and this is, I started this last week um, when I talked about Text Expander. I wanted to share uh, our favorite resources, the ones that we use in our everyday business that make life more, make life easier. That's a bit more effective, but a bit more efficient So I've also asked Mike and Jason to come up with the ones that they use. Now, they may be uh, related directly to your vacation rental business. They may be something that you could use in any other aspect of your business. I'm going to go right on over to Mike, who's going to tell us about one of his favorite resources. Hi, it's Mike Bayer here, CEO of Vacation Rental Formula, and I am here with your resource of the week. This week, we want to discuss with you an amazing resource that we chose to use with Heather's Vacation Rental Management Agency. Um, And this was something that we had been looking at for quite some time, was a way to engage with potential guests and grab them while they're actually on the website looking through properties for their vacation. One of the biggest challenges we were finding looking at the analytics was that people were coming in, they would look at a handful of properties, they may send an email about one of the properties, and then they would leave the website. Now, we were tracking the fact that we would email those people back, but the percentage of people coming back to the site was becoming fewer and fewer and fewer. And we believe this is mainly because there are so many options out there for your potential vacation rental guests that they are searching through four, five, six websites. They're comparing properties. So if you can't grab them, if you can't grab their attention and be a real person with them immediately, they are going, you know, their booking is going to go to chance. You know, which website they, they like the look of best, which photographs they like the look of best, which description they like the look of best. So how do you do that? How do you grab their attention? You be there for them when they're on the website. So we installed Live Chat, which is a fantastic plugin for your vacation rental website that allows your potential guest to reach out to a real person and have a real conversation 24 hours a day. 
Now, you have to look at this um, from the point of view of being a property management agency where you have staff, um, you can employ virtual assistants who can man this this line 24 hours a day. Um, it's it's something probably that's, that's more geared towards you know a mid-size or, or a growing um, vacation rental management agency just because of the cost and the time involved to manage this. But you will see a massive return on bookings just by simply using this service. So live chat, if you head over to vacationrentalformula.com forward slash live chat, um, that will take you across to the live chat website. And the huge benefits of this are just uh, unparalleled in terms of how many additional bookings you can get. And we saw this when we installed it on Heather's agency website, that within two days, we'd managed to get five bookings from only 15 conversations. Um, And that was bookings that happened immediately while they were actually on the chat. And that's huge. Um, now, we, uh, or Heather's agency, uses a virtual assistant, like one virtual assistant based in the Philippines. And because of the time difference, uh, that means we actually had somebody covering the live chat 24 hours a day. Um, and that's hugely beneficial. But if you can't do that, if you don't have a virtual assistant, you can put your live chat onto message mode, where you, you, know, you can say that there's somebody available, um, or... Um, your potential guests can actually just leave a message. Um, And it it does make a huge impact when it's being presented to them right there while they're actually browsing through the website. It also is another means of you being able to capture the uh, the lead, to be able to get their email address, so you can actually put them into your um, email automation system as well. So live chat really does the heavy lifting um, and takes away the, um, the pain points that come with phone calls and emails. Um, with emails, there's always this huge delay when you know, a potential customer sends an email or a contact form asking p- specific questions. And as we know, our guests lead, lead very busy lives. They're, they're probably checking out your website while they're at work, and they're trying to fit it in in their lunch hour. And you know, they've, they've decided that today is the day they're going to find the property and they're going to book it. Um, so if you can't get back to them in that time frame, if you can't facilitate that instant gratification that your guests need, they're going to look elsewhere. And that's where email can present a problem is the turnaround and the time it takes. Um, you can lose the attention of your potential guest. Phone calls as well. For whatever reason, our society these days, we're averse to actually picking up the phone and calling somebody. We're finding more and more now that bookings are coming through um, either written through email, direct booking, or sorry, instant booking on your vacation rental website, or through live chat, um, less and less bookings are coming in by telephone, which means that you need to be available to your potential guest the way that they like to communicate. So that's it, live chat. Please check it out, vacationrentalformula.com forward slash live chat. And to be fully transparent, uh, live chat, we are an affiliate of live chat. So if you do choose to sign up with live chat, we do get a commission. Uh, Now, we promote live chat because we use it and we really believe in it. And we think that you should too. So head across to vacationrentalformula.com forward slash live chat. Check out their 14-day free trial. Give it a go. See if it works for your business. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, I would really, you know, definitely check out live chat, give it a whirl. We actually use it just on, just during the busy, busy times. Because we're such a seasonal uh, operation, 
we know when we have massive traffic to our website, and that is between April and the end of August, or perhaps sort of into the middle of September. Now, at the moment, we have dropped way, way off. We're just getting some interest for New Year. We are booking for Thanksgiving, but it's not the massive input or in intake we, we're getting to the website that we were in the um, in the six months of of our busiest booking season so the great thing about live chat is that you can sign up for it and then just uh, cancel it when you don't want to use it anymore the only thing is uh, as mike said is that you know somebody can come onto live chat at any point day or night and if you've used online chat before yourself you really want somebody to be there if you if you go in and nobody answers you you're probably less likely to leave a message although we did find that people were leaving messages with our company we always always had somebody in the office between 9 and um, in fact between 9 and 9 in the evenings and then of course we have Hannah in the Philippines who takes over well, you know while we're sleeping she's working and she's able to handle everything through the night so as mike said it may not be best suited to in an, an independent host uh, it's more suited to a property management company that is, you know, covering off all these hours when people might be looking for live chat. But if that's you, I definitely uh, to give that one a whirl. So here we are coming up to the end of this episode. This is the first episode, really. I've built in a couple of other things, and I'd love to get your feedback because it's actually taking me now twice the time that it used to, to put a podcast together. But I I think that we're adding some interest, we're adding some additional material that we haven't before. But I don't know if this is working unless you tell me. And if it's not working for you, then, you know, tell me that too. You can email us at, uh, email me at heather at vacationrentalformula.com and let me know. If you've got great feedback, you know, please go to iTunes and, and leave a testimonial. But you know, if you'd like me to do something better, then I'd prefer it if you emailed me directly. Just think when you're leaving testimonials and feedback online, how do you feel when your guests leave a testimonial for you or leave feedback with a low rating. And then they haven't told you about it. They haven't told you about it before or given you an opportunity to make some changes. So I'm saying the same thing. You know, I'd love you to leave. I'd love you to leave a five-star review on iTunes. I think that's what I'm saying. But if you've got something that you'd like me to change, some uh, constructive feedback, please come to me directly because I am always open to hearing that. So, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Rick. I loved reading Dave Lacani's book again. I'm going to head back to some of my listings on my property management site and see if I can begin to weave some subliminal persuasion into them. And and do you know, if if you've got any examples of this, how you've done this, or if you've got an example of you bought something from an advert and you weren't quite sure how they sucked you into it, then then go back and have a look and, and see if, if there is something in there that perhaps caught your attention subconsciously. 
So yeah, love to hear from you on that one. So for now, I'd just like to thank you so much for being with me once again this week. It's always an absolute pleasure to to be talking to you and I will see you again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.